Isabel Angus is one of Melbourne's more delightful energies. Having performed at fringe festivals, comedy reviews and Melbourne's own prestigious comedy festival, she's an up-and-coming star of Australian comedy. But what happens behind the scenes of the behind-the-scenes footage? We chat to Izzy about the process of character development, the Melbourne comedy scene and social issues ranging from hashtag Fitzbo to political correctness. Most of all, it's another chance for a bloody good conversation. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Generation Balm. Uh, Great to be here. As, as always, I'm joined by uh, by Neil Balm, the 14-time General Manager of the Year. NFL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you can tell, we're, today we're talking about a very uh, serious issue, uh, comedy, I suppose. Oh, that was um, supposed to be funny, was it? Yeah, that was supposed to be funny. Again, I've never had the, uh, the gift. I've always just uh, rambled a bit. I think sometimes that can be, that can be humorous. But uh, I suppose, Neil, in terms of influential comedy comedians or comedy series that you've uh, grown up with or, you know, um, matured with, like a fine wine, uh, <laughs> what, what would you say What would you say would be some of those? Well, I'm, yeah, because I'm a bit older and I've sort of seen it all, my father was a, a great lover of The Goon Show, which was Peter Sellers, Harry Seacombe, mm-hmm. Spike Milligan, etc., etc., and that was just totally irreverent, ridiculous humour, and that was on the BBC, which came through the ABC back in the real early days. You listened on radio, and it was very, very clever, very funny, always ridiculously funny. And then from that came stuff like Monty Python's Flying mm-hmm. Circus, which, and I was a 19, 20 year old when that first played, and. Oh, I think it's it's influenced my life ever since. <laughs> Don't take things too seriously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, very good, very clever. Some lovely stuff. Some of the, I mean, some of the classic skits that they did. When you look at them, you go, oh, how did they get away with that? It's madness, you know. Like, you know, they had a dead parrot sketch. You know, like when you look at it, you go, oh, what the hell's all that about? And then the, um, you know, all all sorts of stuff. Like when, do you want to join the Secret Service? Mm. When the guy was in there, and he's and your name, your second name, Obolinskovitsky, <laughs> not Russian name. <laughs> and I like there's that ridiculousness of uh, uh, John Place and all those sorts of like. So that's kind of that's influenced me over the journey to yeah. not take life too seriously. There's always a funny side to things, and really enjoyed that kind of humour. All right. Well, I was thinking about it today because I, I know one of the great influences of my life, however I live it, um, is The Simpsons. Like early Simpsons in terms of political, uh, I suppose popular culture. Um, but that was almost, that's almost education. In oh yeah, and absolutely. Probably Monty Python was probably similar to that in a sense, where it, like it, it takes stuff that you reckon is a bit stupid and it takes the piss out of it, meaning yeah, well don't take it too seriously. This is the way it works. And the Simpsons are quite similar, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's elements of you know there's stereotyping, of course, but it's, you know there's class and they discuss all these things. All the discourse is is not. At that low level, it's you know you almost have to look into a bit more, and over time you realise okay, no, that came back to me, that context came back to me, that sort of thing. But we're no experts, and unfortunately we have we've brought in a uh, a wonderful guest, beautiful guest, uh, by the name of Isabel Angus. Uh, Isabel, we just usually start the show by asking um, how would you describe what you do and who you are. Oh right, well <laughs> um, <laughs> I I probably do um, 
a lot of satire, like you were just talking about The Simpsons, I guess I was also raised on that um, that style of comedy, which is really quite silly, and you think you get it as a kid, you're laughing at everything, you're like, oh, it's so funny, and then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, oh, I actually didn't get half of that, like a lot of it is actually really great um, social commentary. Um, so a lot of the shows I've done in the past, and what I guess where I lean is kind of really taking the piss out of <laughs> everything, and um, yeah, I, I, you know, I can be still very silly and that sort of thing, I'm quite theatrical on stage, but um, I'm usually coming at something from a sort of angle of satire, like, um, yeah. Well, I, I, rec- I recall one of your, uh, I don't know, Izzy, from uh, a show we did together eight, year, eight years ago, oh Uni Days, seven or eight years ago, oh and one, one of your characters, uh, I remember, was Roz, the, the South African woman. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> she was, like, just constantly super busy, but obviously with the most, like, menial tasks and that sort of thing. That's right, yeah, yeah. That, that was an amazing character, but uh, how, do you, how do you sort of come up with the characters that you... Yeah, yeah. I usually go through a character because it, it's sort of like it's almost easier because if you, I tend to play quite horrible characters, <laughs> um, and it's kind of it's almost like a barrier between you and the audience because you can sort of get away with saying more things like um, Roz, say sort of like you know she's a bit of a posh upper class South African woman and might say some on the nose things. But it's not me, <laughs> you know. So um, you can kind of go a bit further. Um, the the most recent character I did was called Penny, and she was a fitness kind of like Instagram fitness fitspiration. I don't know if you're oh, yeah, aware yeah. of this. All over it. Really popular at the moment. This kind of like extreme fitness obsession, um, and a lot of social media. Um, people on social media will sort of build careers out of being health gurus. <laughs> so she was like an you, you extreme I, version You reckon I could that. do that? You, you know, not. all you need is a crop top and oh. you know, <laughs> do a yoga, <laughs> yoga pose on the beach at sunset and write an oh, well, inspirational I mean, quote. <laughs> well, the, the boys around here would be doing a bit of yoga and the women. And oh, both sides yeah. would be doing that. Maybe you can join in one session and yeah. show your downward, uh, downward dog. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of coming up with Penny, um, yeah. I suppose who who are the uh, well, I suppose who are the influencers? What social media uh, pages were you looking at? Oh uh, well, I guess I was <laughs> looking. You know, like there was the Biggest Loser. That was yeah. a whole big thing for ages. And so Michelle Bridges mm. and there's uh, there was Belle Gibson. <laughs> oh yeah, one that yeah, lied yeah. about things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just you. Um, you know, figures like that over time. And then I was just, I actually came up with the idea because I was on social media and just getting flooded with all these fitness accounts being like, surely you want to make your life better and have a perfect <laughs> life. And not that I'm against fitness at all, it was just kind of, what is this? Like, yeah, it's. It ain't that easy. <laughs> yeah, so I sort of make shows when I'm kind of like, I want to make sense of this whole phenomenon and just kind of, that was a way of doing it, kind of having a sort of laughing at it but also looking at it and why we do it and this there's an element of being obsessed with perfection yeah. you know in the yeah. wellness industry like you know if you do this you'll be perfect and so I was kind of looking at it like that um, do, do you think that's been the case in terms of the wellness obsession uh, back when you know you were growing up was it 
was that everyone was, you know, had not so much an Instagram account, but, you know, they were going <laughs> to the gym and parading around in their short shorts, or was it having a couple of darts and a couple of beers? And I think um, certainly in the early days when I was very young, I, I don't reckon there was the wealth to do that. I mean, and that's, mm. yeah, that's a fair while ago. But it was, more, yeah, like and all of a sudden people have got more time and more things to do. Everyone was kind of aware of fitness, but there wasn't even as much kind of jogging and all that sort of stuff where, that everyone does now. It's certainly grown into that. Oh, everyone started going to gyms, yeah. and that, that's what—that's where it kind of started. And now it's gone crazy, yeah, really. Oh, which is, it's, which is, it's fantastic that it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think even in my time, I remember when I was playing footy as a young man. I reckon I started a lot of gym courses and didn't yeah, finish, yeah, yeah. finish them, which is probably still the case now. It's not as not as easy to go through with it as it looks like. Well, I suppose the whole wellness uh, industry is about guilting people into uh, purchasing whatever they're selling. You yeah, know, a lot, again, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the active wear. And, uh, you know, I suppose a, a bit of your comedy comes from like taking the piss out of people of privilege. With you know, Oh, what? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like the character of Penny is just, she's an extreme version of like just super arrogant and <laughs> like, yeah, I'm yeah, um, very privileged and that sort of just like a beautiful girl on the beach doing poses and she just expects to be this instant success and the show sort of is she doesn't really have the following that she thinks she right, has. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so yeah. she's sort of like, I'm doing all the things, I'm doing all the, wearing all the right clothes, I'm drinking all the right juices and I'm, you know, doing all whatever the trends are, but <laughs> I'm just not really as successful as I want to be. Yeah, yeah, as <laughs> so you. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I suppose with the success of, uh, who is it, like Kaya, uh, Kyla? Or oh, Kayla yeah. Itzainez. <laughs> I really she don't know. Her, yeah, she's got like 10 million oh, followers. So. Yeah, yeah, she's got a huge net worth. Not, yeah, <laughs> not, not that we're talking about wellness here, but um, I suppose it, we've spoken to Neil about what made him laugh as a kid, but what made you laugh as a kid and kind of influenced, um, I suppose, the direction of, of your shows now? Um, yeah, well, I mentioned The Simpsons. Um, I actually, did you ever watch Lena Woodley? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was my first show where I was, you know, maybe like 11 or 12 and just was like, uh, this is so funny. They're back in business, aren't they? Together. They are. Oh, yeah, they're going right. strong. They're mm. winning awards and their bands back together. <laughs> oh, that's great. But, yeah, I remember just thinking, these guys. It's so funny that dynamic, clever, classic yeah. dynamic of straight and yeah. silly. Well, both silly, really. Yeah, in terms <laughs> of physical comedy as well, you said you were yeah. quite theatrical with oh, you know, yeah. your performance, that they're like two of the well, Australian greats of turning something that could be unfunny to, you know, Woodley just fainting or whatever. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't actually know that I was a physical comedian at all but then people were like you know I love how you just you know throw your body around like you don't care what happens to it on stage and people say you're so well you you're said that's physical. not me that's the character yeah <laughs> the character. I'm like oh do I I guess I just give a lot um, of energy on stage but I didn't intend to be physical <laughs> you know, I was just just sort of thinking about the old stuff that you used to see and it always now occurs to me is it really interesting the different what we're allowed what we can get away with nowadays or mm. what we do there was a show called The Honeymooners where Jackie Gleason was Ralph Cramden, who was a bus driver, lived in New York with Alice, his wife. And almost every show finished at some stage with, Alice, one day you're going to the moon. <laughs> Meaning he's going to punch her in the nose and she's going to go to the moon. <laughs> Clearly he wasn't going to. But the, the sense of, 
of potential violence when you think of it nowadays like you just couldn't do it yeah and you shouldn't do it but if you watch that no one ever thought at any stage that Ralph was actually going to punch Alice in the nose but it was him <laughs> saying you're not doing what you, I want you to do in the end it was always though um, what is it it, the last line was always, Alice, you're the greatest. <laughs> but before that, at some stage, you nearly always said at some point, Alice, you're going, boom, boom, Would you get away with that now? You can't. It'd be just yeah. seen too close to potential domestic violence, which is so such a tragic thing and such a big part of our lives, in a sense. Uh, it? It's funny, going back to The Simpsons, I mean, early, well, I'm sure it's still, I haven't watched it for, for years, unfortunately. The old Simpsons isn't the same as the old Simpsons, but, yeah. you know, yeah. one of the gags, the consistent gags was Bart being strangled by Homer. Oh, totally, uh, yeah. I, I suppose that was, like, just a, a little gag to get people laughing, but when you look back on it, you're like, oh, okay, that was... That was a pretty damaging relationship for Bart. Yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of the trauma. That, uh, With an adult eye, it's like, oh, wow. But I guess, yeah, those things date with comedy, like mm. some things do date as you become, become more aware of certain issues, you know, and certain words you can't say. It just, suddenly it's like, oh, that's no longer really something we laugh at now. Yeah. And that happens, I think, um, over time. But is that, is that reasonable? Uh, that's very tough on comedians, isn't it, to say, okay, we, we decide here what's, what's funny and what's not, or what you can actually say and what's not. But yeah. Some, sometimes you have to as we said about the few of those, but you've got to go to the edge totally. to actually be funny. Yeah, it's I got think to be so. Yeah. I think that sort of, with live comedy especially, mm. you're, and especially stand-up nights, you know, there is surely an understanding, I think, that they're testing stuff out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there is, I mean, obviously people don't like someone who, if it's just mean and there's no, there's no effort to try and make a joke, but I think... Yeah, there is. It's a fine line because I think comedians should be able to test things as well and push boundaries sometimes. So what, what about those like those stand-up nights? I think that would be the most nerve-wracking thing I could possibly think of. But you see yeah. them all around Melbourne, you oh, know, like clearly it's a thriving, thriving scene here. Yeah. Have you been involved in like those random testing out material in like the North Melbourne pub? Uh, I've, <laughs> I've done a bit. I don't really do. I'm not a stand-up yeah. as much. I've started to think about doing a bit more. So I've done here and there a couple of sets of stand-up, but it is terrifying. Yeah. And especially going from doing characters, it's like, oh, now I'm just me talking. Like, <laughs> there's no pretense. You may no or may theory. not find me funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> and that's me. me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can't, you know, there's no other barriers. I mean, you just might not get the thing I'm, the character I am, which is a fitness character, or you might not like that angle but yeah but it is scary um it's really quite terrifying <laughs> yeah sort of the, the excitement for the audience as well going along and thinking well hopefully they're not going to it like a formula one race where you're kind of like i hope someone crashes no <laughs> they want you to they do want you to go well i think i think yeah well, are there any are there any like notorious crowds in um in melbourne or australia or the world that you've heard about, where they're like clearly that alpha blood, or just hoping the comedian will bomb and so they can. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, people do talk about hecklers and stuff, but I haven't really come across it really. And I think it's one of those things that sort of died out a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. people, I'm sure, do it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but um, generally, it's like 
there's a when you're in an audience you're kind of like I want this person yeah, to go yeah, well definitely. you're almost nervous for the comedian like please go well I think that's a lot of attention in comedy and that's why you want to make them laugh to break that tension because everyone's kind of like please be okay <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there kind of like a not a strategy to it but in terms of you know that tension and that release and all that I I, heard, I watched um uh, Nanette by Hannah Gadsby. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is amazing, amazing show. But she was talking all about that, you know, um, the tension then the release, and that's what you want to. Is that sort of what you aim for when you're building a show? You go, these are the points where, say, we're going to be here, and then the audience, you want to give them that release, or is that just like a, a strategy that? Oh no, yeah. totally. Yeah, like because I very much write my material. I'm not. I know some comedians are amazing. They can get up and just tell a story, and they do write it, but they are a bit more able to kind of improvise. But I'm very much coming from a writing background of yeah. going off a script. Um, but yeah, you totally plan for that tension. I mean, you can't really plan for it, but um, things like holding silences, you know, and mm. you would know from uni days, like, Ugh. to a point where people are just like, oh my god, this is <laughs> ridiculous, it's just this long silence, and then when you finally do break it, you, like, push them to the point where they're just, like, this is ridiculous, and then when you do something, it, the payoff is so much more powerful, because you've kind of really got them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, things like that, you definitely, I mean, that's the point of live comedy, I think that's fun about it and why people hopefully go and see it because you don't get that from watching you know a YouTube thing as much or so one of the things I notice is that things like you know a lot of the TV stuff now like you know even Front Bar or The Project or are you, have you been paying attention to those things? <laughs> no, they're all like nearly all of the people in there are comedians. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like they're quite easy to watch and a bit of fun. You can see the ones that are very good at it. Is that something that I'm not trying to send you into TV, <laughs> but like that, that seems to me to be at least a good positive thing about the, the you know the comedy world in Australia. There's other stuff to do rather than just having to do stand up or serious theatre or whatever. Yeah, I think there is a lot more now. Like there's just so many more TV shows, and I think in recent years they've started to get comedians that have you know been doing comedy yeah. for a while, and so that would definitely. Be Love. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the sketch show? Um, we'll, we'll promote you. <laughs> what was that like early or mid two thousands? They had like the the uh, renaissance or the return. Yeah, of, and oh, they had like yeah, those. Right. Oh, it was like oh, comedy ink and comedy all that. Comedy ink and skip house. Yeah, and yeah. it was kind of like it was pretty vanilla. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose they had to follow on because I think that's what. Do you remember? I'm sure you remember like fast forward and that's yeah, I have no. Yeah. But like th- those sort of shows seem to be like the. Um, Big Girls Blouse and that sort of thing. Yes, oh, yeah, yes, yes. So following on from like that golden era of Australian comedy where you got like, you know, whoever's still floating around, Gina Riley and um uh Tom Gleiser and that sort of thing. Terrific stuff there was, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's hard to follow on from there, but I suppose there's that evolution now. Have you felt like there's a new in terms of the scene now, how it's come from are there like kind of the eras, like generations of comedians in Melbourne and Australia? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I don't know if like yeah, it's interesting. No one's done a sketch show like for a while. I don't know if that will come back. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand the the economics of TV. Is that maybe that's too expensive? Maybe you know. I'm not yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there a lot of writing, and then there's production, and then there's whereas these other ones are, they're almost kind of. Imp- 
control the shows, if you like, just put them on and make yeah. them go again. Yeah. There was that um, Thank God You're Here thing. That was pretty great for a while, which is a bit sketch-like. Mm. But, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, I'm sure it could happen because it's definitely a huge community in the comedy scene and everyone's very supportive and connected. So maybe it's all happening. <laughs> but going going back to you preparing a show, so for the for the amateurs here, Neil, <laughs> but like actually, actually going from the the um, inception or conception of the idea to actually the you know first the final night or the first night tinkering. Yeah. Well, take us through the the process there. Uh well, I've really just actually I should mention started doing solo stuff, but before that I worked with um, a friend called Rachel. We were a duo, uh, so that was different because you have someone to bounce things off and you can very quickly know if something's funny because you're like what about this and they'll laugh or not laugh um but so but i'll talk about working on your own is like so different and really hard like you've really got to trust yourself a bit um but yeah once i sort of know the theme or the character or the vibe of the show i'll often like see one scene in my head I'd be like, okay, that's the, you know, climactic point of the show and I've got to figure out how to get there. Right, right. <laughs> so I'll sort of, my, I'll, I'll never really just sit down and write from beginning to end. It, there's too much pressure to be like, okay, lights, <laughs> curtains open. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Mine. <laughs> It's just too, it's almost too scary. So I, I sort of write. Because that, Im- that implies you have to have a connection with the audience somehow and, that, and that's what you're reading. Is it, that's you're trying to read, well, what are they... What are they feeling? What are we? Yeah, are, exactly. Yeah, you don't know yeah. what they're going to be like. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll write down. I'll write the bits that I want to want to be in the show, and then the rest is trying to figure out how to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll usually try and not put jokes in straight away, like because mm. you could just spend so long rewording a, a joke, like just sitting on this one sentence. So it's just best. To me, I get it all out, and then I make it funny, because <laughs> otherwise... Is I'll it like a, it. <laughs> a vetting process with particular people, in terms of, like, if, if you think something might be funny or might not be, or is it purely, like, up here where you're going, nah, that won't be funny, or shit, that's like... Yeah, yeah. well, when you're by yourself, you're kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> is it? It could be, and I always <laughs> have a test audience, as you remember from back <laughs> in the day, but, like, two or three people where I just... It's horrifying. It's actually more nerve-wracking to performing to 30 people is performing to, like, two or three because it's just... Mm. <laughs> you can hear that. <coughs> yeah, you're yeah. in your lounge room with full lights. <laughs> and yeah, just here we go. And you have, like, I just have to do it properly. Like well, come on, here's your test. What's your... Do you, do you get that like you know? Come when on, tell us a joke. Ah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, like you're out and you're, you're meeting someone for the first time. You're not funny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a comedian. Give us a joke. <laughs> like, oh well, okay. Well, just imagine that I'm just like this, and I'm this character. And my name's <laughs> the whole time. No, no, too much, too much. We yeah. just want to go. <laughs> it's a straightaway joke. Yeah, no, my dad does it all the time. Oh, you're gonna oh, use that in your comedy show? You should use this. <laughs> anything, anything funny that happens, people are like, oh, you gonna put that in your show? Like, oh, maybe. Yeah, I think I think I think most people think they're kind of funny, don't they? Like, ah, oh, I think everyone. I mean, humor's subjective. Very, very subjective, isn't everyone it? Everyone yeah. can mm-hmm. be funny. Everyone but has their moments. Well, I think I think um, 
like my own mother, I, I, I tell, tell people, I'm like, I think she's very, very funny, but she never realised it because the butt of the joke is... <laughs> sometimes she's saying things that are clearly like, you know, almost feel like satire, but they're not. She's a shout-out to Carmel, but... <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, I'll tell one one thing. I think it was... Uh, she was watching Tiger Woods' putt, and this was after the whole scandal came out. And yeah. he, missed, he missed the hole by like that much to oh, give him, like, par, and she goes, that's what you get for rooting around. Come <laughs> <laughs> like, on, I think there's some karma, there's some karma system from Amazon. Doesn't yeah, like, doesn't like putting. <laughs> do you have to do you have to find people that are going to be honest with you if you know when you're showing that test audience of two to three, or do you generally you know? You no, just, yeah. no, I'm like I really want them to be brutal because <laughs> there's no point if they're oh, it's really good and then yeah. you go up there and. I mean, the audience is brutal enough, so you need that practice. It's almost just like also practice. You do it a week before, you do the real show, and you, it's getting to that mindset of not right. everyone's going to laugh at everything. And yeah. it's true. I mean, audiences differ a lot, and some mm. people... Yeah, that, that's oh. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? Like, I suppose in the end, you're you know, a professional, so you're going through it, and you're never going to stop and go... Mate, come on, give us a go there. But, yeah. but what like is there any sort of emotional um, change, or do you have less energy because you're getting less laughs? Or yeah, how I do you think feel with so. That? I mean, it's yeah. it's hard. Um, definitely, like a big audience that are really into it, you I will feed off that. I think any performer would feed mm-hmm. off that, and it would make the show better. Um, but when you've got a small, quiet audience, it can be you're working harder because you're not getting the energy off them. But also, I've sort of learnt, like, you never really know, like... Yeah, they, I might, had, they might be loving it. They're they just might be loving it, because yeah. I, I can be quite wordy, so <laughs> sometimes they're just listening. And I've had people, like, I had this girl once in the front row just looking at me the whole time, like, her face was kind of like, what the hell are you yeah, doing? What's next? <laughs> You're like, not laughing. And then at the end, she was like, oh, I loved that show. That was great. Right. I was just, like, mm-hmm. listening to every word. I'm not really an outside laugher though. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, so they considered maybe the occasion. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, but, yeah. yeah, I just tell myself, like, just self protection thing. If someone's not laughing, oh, they're just a, not an in, they're not an outside laugher. That's, that's just their name. That's <laughs> going to get me through it. <laughs> well, in terms of, I suppose, you know, there's always, in comedy, there's always uh, gender conversations. Mm. Um, but I remember. Not trying to reminisce on my amazing one-show one comedy oh, uh, career, I but um, you were I don't know if you remember on the cusp of we were doing the Monash comedy review, yeah. And there was a, I think a couple of nights before we had our first show, there was uh, one of the cast members who's also doing very well in the literary field, Izzy, another Izzy. Oh yeah, that's right. We heard comments that she was saying, oh, it's just you know it's a misogynistic show and all that, mm. and, and I remember like there was this big. Um, complete sort of, I don't know, we all just stopped and went, okay, do we have to reassess? That sort of thing. But in terms of that's a convoluted way to get around to say, do you reckon there's, I suppose, uh, less tendency for that male-dominated scene at the minute, or is it still...? Um, I mean, it always has been male-dominated, mm. I would say, um, and that's challenging, definitely. But, I mean, lately, I mean, the last couple of years, it's been really, like, females been really dominating like obviously Hannah Gatsby with her show and she won all the awards and before that it was Zoe Kunzma and there's some pretty awesome like female comedians sort of changing it a bit I think um 
but yeah, I mean, when I first started, I think there was definitely a, a few, like maybe five, six years ago now, um, it was definitely intimidating on, say, a lineup where it would be all male comedians doing similar, yeah, yeah, often yeah. similar sort of stand-up about similar things, and then you come on, you know, like in a costume, and uh, you, you know, you're doing this different thing, and you're already maybe the only female on the bill, and so the vibe in the room would just change, and you'd be up against that as well. Right, right, yeah. Not just the sort of assumed, everyone's kind of thrown because you're already a bit other. So it was like <laughs> challenging and hard at first, but I think it's slowly changing. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was there was that whole um, thing with festival lineups for music mm, um, yeah. that were male dominated and there'd be the backlash from people going, well, this isn't representative of the fact that probably 50% of your audience are going to be yeah. female or, or otherwise. Um, have you found a, a similar thing with comedy? Yeah, definitely now. I think there are a lot of male dominated rooms and stuff, but I'm not so much in that room. Yeah, yeah of course. But yeah. I, a lot of other female comedians will sort of, you know, be saying can we get some more females on the bill? And I think a lot of room bookers are looking to do that now. So I think it has changed, which is good. Have you, you know, as a as a as a kid, uh, was it totally male dominated? And yeah, when I when I think it about it, um, probably, and a lot of it was probably because of the material. It was relatively kind of risque, bluish sort of stuff, which is probably not seen as something that you would even expect a woman to say, which is not that things have changed that much, but they have a bit. Like, women can now really say exactly the same as men can say. Yeah. And it's, it's still just as bad. Once <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, that was the, you know, the men could tell the, the blue stories, but if a woman said, oh, dear, look at that. <laughs> which is ridiculous, but yeah. that was a fair while ago. But I can even remember back to the Lenny Bruce days when he went to jail for saying the F word on on stage that was in New York or something oh, like that. Wow. So, you know, things have changed. That was a fair while ago, but early 70s, I think. So yeah. things have changed a fair bit. And I, I reckon if a woman said it, she might have got the trophy rather than got sent to jail. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I, I suppose in terms of offensive speech, we had the, um, during the week, uh, it was brought up that Trevor Noah, who uh, is the host of The Daily Show in the US, um, made a pretty offensive and pretty unfunny remark about, again, comedy subjective, but about Aboriginal women. And I think he's coming out on tour to Australia, so there's been quite a bit of backlash from that. But have you, have you found, like, in terms of um, considering where the line is or how, you know, like you mentioned how sometimes uh, offence can be part of the humour, but it's, is there a line where you can go past that as almost hate speech? Or Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you can do risky jokes about certain topics, you know, um, like, you know, race, gender, sexuality, whatever it is. Um, if you've sort of, maybe you're making a point, like you might be illustrating racism in society, you know, rather than being racist, you know. So mm -hmm. I think you can be clever and funny still by pointing out something um, without actually just yeah, joining, joining in. in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... I mean, because stereotypes exist, and you were saying before, and uh, you know, all of this stuff exists in society, and that's totally valid to point that out, and it can be actually great. And yeah, I just think if you're not putting people down, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's 
the better way to do it. Like you can actually try a bit harder and be clever. And we we kind of need co comedians more now than we ever did because now in the in in your business life and your real life, there's so much. I guess. Um, if you try hard enough, you can find something to be offended by. And it's almost over the top. Now, we understand mm. why it is in a way, because there have been yeah. some awful things that have happened. But mostly, it now becomes, if you can be offended if you feel offended, and it may not actually be that offensive. So it's probably important for things like when you're, t when you're doing the comedy or um, you know, any of the satirical stuff or the piss take stuff, that you, you, that's the time when we should be able to look at those things, because you almost can't do it in your real life. Yeah, oh, totally. You're in, you run the risk of getting the sack because you've offended someone in a way, which is ain't that funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose, and even uh, with the Hannah Gadsby um, show, uh, Nanette, um, is, do you think that sort of reflects? Because she was talking about how she was a self-deprecating yeah. humorist, and now she's almost sick of it because she's always been the butt of the joke. Yeah, do yeah. Th do you think in that terms of that conscious um, comedic style, is that sort of the, the direction Australian comedy is going in? I mean, I don't know, because I guess Australians have a tendency to be a bit self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's just kind of a lot of our culture is like that tall poppy thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That really stumped me, that <laughs> one, because, I, I, you know, I, as a comedian, I guess I had to think about it myself. Like, do yeah, I... Yeah, yeah. Do I just... Yeah, am I putting myself down putting for the sake of the second? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But I, I can see what she's saying. Like, yeah, maybe there is a way to go beyond that where you can still be that affable kind of character without putting down certain... Because what, what's hers on the basis of? Just, is that her sexuality or just the way she has been? Or yeah, yeah, I suppose, I've, yeah. I've seen her, but I'm, I'm not quite sure what, what she was really referring to. A lot of it, the show is about, you know, toxic mas masculinity and that sort of thing, but it's also about her, her journey and how she's sick yeah. of, she's like considering quitting um, comedy in general because she's reached a point where she's like, I'm sick of taking the piss out of myself because my whole life I've been taken, you know, like I've been treated like I'm a lesser human, um, which, you know, uh, when you actually watch it, it's, it's extremely powerful. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So th and there's a fine line, I suppose, you know, like the, there's a fine line between comedy and tragedy anyway. Like yeah, yeah, her, her, yeah. her comedy is tragic in a sense. That, that's, that's how she sort of delivers it in a way, doesn't it? You know, how the hell could this happen? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. I love that, like yeah. dark. Yeah. I tend to love the dark yeah. comedy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like working you can, see, you can see why it would be... To take a lot of the energy, how she would get oh, absolutely. Out, right, the yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, considering mental health as well. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's a pretty prevalent uh, amount of of mental disorders within the comedy oh, in yeah, industry. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, it can be a coping mechanism as well, sort of, which I think is also valid. Is sort of if you can't laugh at it, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and in some ways, doing that self-deprecating thing that a lot of comedians do is can be seen as empowering. Like I'm making the joke rather than mm, others making the joke. Yeah. But with yeah. her, maybe she's seen that the jokes are still being made, you know, towards her in her lifetime, and it's just, you know, nothing's changing. So maybe it's too much. I must say, in a per, in a per, my personal life, there's stuff, bad stuff happens. I'll nearly always make a, an off joke about it. 
Yeah. And then allowing myself, or forgive myself by saying, it is so tragic, I, I can't, if I take it seriously, I'm going to cry. So <laughs> yeah. I yeah, need to totally. make a joke. And it, I guess it depends on my audience. As long as my audience is yeah. small, it's okay. But some people could be offended by it. But it's a, I find it an important way of dealing with stuff is actually trying to make a bit of a joke. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a classic, isn't it? It's like in, in the medical fields and nurses and doctors, they always talk about how black their their humour is around around the place because, I mean, they're dealing with Such people die. Things. Yeah, yeah. completely <laughs> intense things, and that's tension and relief. You exactly, know? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, in terms of, like, stuff you're workshopping now, are you just playing around with any ideas? You don't have to reveal anything. <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, I recently did a kids comedy yes. show, actually, which is really enjoyable, so I think I'll hopefully do more of that um, as well, because it's so different. Like, mm. kids as an audience are so great, because they're just so happy to be there, yeah. <laughs> and they're so... They want to be at the front, and they want you to pick them, and whereas adults are sort of, you know, you go to a comedy show and you're like, please don't have audience participation, <laughs> don't look at me, don't get me up on stage. Um, but kids are like, me, me, I want to be involved, and they're just, you know, all you have to do is say a fart joke, and they are dying right. laughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Within that show, do you also have, I mean, their parents coming along, and do you, you know, have any? Pointed jokes that the kids won't get, where you wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I tr- it's a hard one, and that I'm hopefully trying to master that a bit more. Is try and have the parents involved in sort of the double layered joke, where yeah. the kids are just missing it. Um, they might be laughing for a different reason. Like we had a bit, it was a birthday show, and we were like, "Time to get into our birthday suits." And we <laughs> were wearing actual birthday themed suits, like yeah. rainbow balloon ties, and so the kids are just like, great, they're in, that's what they're in, and the adults are like, oh, bit of a trick there, but um, yeah, super fun, because it, it's quite challenging, because you have to hit all these different ages. Right, 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 so was, was the demographic you aimed at sort of like 3 to 10, or oh, like... Yeah, whatever, really, right. 12 and under. <laughs> so we'll like, have them all. We'll, we'll take it yeah, tickets. <laughs> Tickets, uh, got to sell tickets. Yeah, so we had to have like a visual comedy and sort of a bit more slapstick and try and get everything in there just to appeal to. I'm going to ask you this question. Why on earth is a fat joke funny? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always funny. It's amazing. I love, I love, it's I love it. It's that toilet humour. It's yeah. that lowbrow... Is it a, it's a base level, I've never found a fart not no. funny. Like, I've always let one off and, you know, you look around, you see the reaction. No, 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 that's, that's no, no, that's no I love it. That's it's just a fart joke. The actual act of farting is not that funny. The fart joke's funny. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was every time, yeah. isn't it? Especially with kids, because to them it's like the most taboo thing exactly, that yeah. they're yeah, yeah, allowed yeah, yeah. to say. And so they're like, oh my God. <laughs> they're looking at their parents like, are we allowed to laugh? <laughs> Um, in terms of uh, financials, that mm. sort of thing, it, Melbourne is clearly one of the greatest cities for someone to go and watch comedy. We've got the Melbourne International Fil- uh, Comedy Festival, yeah. French Festival, all that sort of stuff. But what about viability for um, someone who's performing in theatre or in, in you know, comedic theatre or, or you don't have to tell us your, your private... Oh, uh, no, but no, like no, In terms no. of like on, on the average, like is there a, a good living out there or is it a tough 
slog where you, you're just hoping you're going to sell out half the tickets <laughs> to buy, you know, lunch. You've got a new Mercedes out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I wouldn't do it for the money. <laughs> on record, on record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, some people, if you work, people who can actually earn their whole income from comedy, work really hard, like they're gigging every night of the mm. week and they're travelling cool. every weekend, like it's full on hard work. Um, but yeah, for me I just try and earn income from other yeah. streams and I think that's why I feel like I have to love it to do it because mm. it often isn't that <laughs> lucrative, <laughs> um, you know, but um, so it's more just like I have to do it for myself and once you don't have that expectation of I need this to be my whole income it sort of take it makes it a bit more joyous but yeah it yeah. is hard for <laughs> for some so you write your own stuff could you could you be a comedy writer for example if someone oh yeah you know, i'd love to be yeah, <laughs> yeah, email me post it after the show yeah for any uh well, i suppose that's again winding back to talking about social media that's what they do you know, like your fitness influencers have their email. Oh, yeah, they're so savvy. I wish I was savvy like that. I don't belong <laughs> in my generation. I'm not social media savvy at all. I don't even have it on my phone. Like, I should be better. But, um, well, yeah, you know, that's how you do it nowadays. <laughs> now, final question for you, Neil, sorry. Uh, in terms of oh, the, the evolution the evolution, <laughs> of, uh, evolution of humour at a, at a football club, have you noticed? Uh, well, <laughs> funnily enough, no pun intended, Funnily enough, there, certainly in our club, the change in our preparation for playing and all that sort of stuff has been enormous. Like our coach particularly has recognised that if you don't enjoy this game, don't play it. Yeah. So enjoy each other's company. Enjoy the preparation of the game. Look forward to the game. Have a bit of fun while you're doing don't it. Don't do it for the money. Well, they do. They do get paid, <laughs> but it's not for it. But it's it's to actually do your best when the contest is on. You've got to feel good about yourself. So there is there is quite a bit of light-hearted humour stuff that goes on um, in the pre-game sense. Whereas once you know the good old days, it'd be you know kick heads where you see your head and got a bright blood and all that sort of bullshit that we used to talk about. Well, I never did as a coach, <laughs> but. There's what you would see as the you know the blood and guts coaching. It's it's there's a lot more fun. There's a lot more humour. There's um, stories told. There's it's a lot. And I don't know what the other clubs do, but I certainly know at this place um, there's a lot of that, which is make, all makes sense when you think about it. Because I mean, you, you, cause, well, but but you look at the game of footy, which goes for two hours. So you pump these guys up for the first minute of the game. What happens in the fifth minute or? Halfway through the second quarter or in the third quarter, they're not. They haven't got that kind of extrinsic motivation. Mm. So they got to motivate themselves. They got to be able to play themselves. So they got to enjoy the game. They got to know what they're doing. They got to be in charge of their own kind of senses rather than wait for somebody to pump them up. So that we don't have the pump up. We have the, you know, the relax, enjoy yourself, understand what you have to do, take this really seriously. But let's have a bit of fun while we do it. So the humour is certainly put put its. Funny face in there a little bit, which I'm really happy with. Very good. Best joke you've heard at the football club? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm sure Izzy's probably sitting here because I know. Well, there is one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I know he's a massive uh, footy fan as well. Richmond Tigers, <laughs> apparently. Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i got a few questions that we just finish off the show. Uh, oh, okay. They're called Pile of Weird Fishes. But um, what do you fear? What do I fear? Oh, God. Forget their lines, that'd be my guess. Yeah, I probably, yeah, freezing on stage, which I've done, so I don't know why I fear it, because it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I have many things. What was that thing? Tension release. Tension release. Yeah. I don't know what the tension is, but I'm not sure when it releases. Oh, dear. What do you hope for? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'd love to be able to keep working on things. I'd even love to like move into other areas like even T V or just theatre or anything like that. Yeah. I'd just like to be able to keep doing it and still find the joy in it. I think if I could do that for the rest of my life that would be great. Beautiful. Well what makes you happy? I suppose that's kind of Oh many things. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I love just getting takeaway and Watching a TV show. Yeah. It's yeah. so, like, sad. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's yeah, something you look forward to all day, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's something you look forward to. Yeah. What kind of takeaway? Oh, I love, like, a Asian kind of Chinese oh, right. or hmm. Indian or something like that. Oh, yeah. Spicy. I, I'm looking forward to that to, now. To, <laughs> <laughs> um, what makes you sad? Oh, God. Um, seeing other people sad, I think. I think that's really hard. Even more hard than being sad myself, seeing someone yeah. that I love being sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you think is the most positive influencer in the world today? Oh. Hashtag Fitspiration. <laughs> <laughs> in the whole world? Absolutely. Oh, God. Oh, it be your world to work as well. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, that's a hard one. Um... Oh dear! I mean, I I love Kristen Wiig. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I think she's so I'm funny. Saying, if you say Donald Trump, we're stopping recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's no humour in politics, Neil. So I'm serious. That leads on to yeah. Who do you think's the most negative? Yeah, look, I'm gonna say Donald Trump there. <laughs> oh, very popular answer. Um, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, he's if he was a character comedian, he'd be it would be a brilliant character but unfortunately he's a real person in power yeah. so he's terrifying <laughs> well, uh, you know, when we're jumping into the clue what does that tell you about the world though it's all it is a worry isn't it yeah it does it really does it's not funny as they say it's a consistent theme that Neil oh it worries me it worries certainly worrying it to worry yeah all you can do is laugh at you know whatever well that's well, right not really. I, yeah. I make yeah. a rude joke about Donald Trump and I feel better about it's it. true it does yeah. help it really does it does yeah um, what album or book uh, would accompany your life story oh uh, well you know I haven't written it yet <laughs> what very good unwritten Natasha <laughs> yeah soon to be published um, when I write my autobiography Oh, excited. <laughs> excited for that. Um, what's it going to be called? If I ever get around to it. Um, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> uh, the last is that you or are you? Is that yeah, a character? Still, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be a character, yeah. Still hanging around. <laughs> uh, the last book, film or album that kept you thinking for weeks? Oh, um, book, film, album. Oh, God, I'm so bad at these. I never remember anything I've seen. 
Um, Nothing. Um, what do I even? I I have a thing where I fuse all the films I've seen into one, and then they, I really can't. I, it's right. ridiculous, actually. Um, oh, that's <laughs> a mind technique. And I'm yeah, I'm just like, is that film <laughs> where this happened? And people are like, you really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> where have you been? And and finally, uh, a recommendation from your hometown or your you know your suburb or just wherever. Oh, like a place to go or wherever you want to be. <laughs> Right. Well, Pizza Monolibe has great pizza. Do you? Right. Well, agree? yeah. Our producer Andrew's uh, he's, he's nodding. So, yeah, right. delicious. I also might work there part time. It's called Pizza Monolibe. It's, uh, it's German for Pizza My Love. It's in Northcote High Street. If you're a pizza, are you a pizza guy? Oh, he's a pizza guy. Oh, look at him. It was it's such good pizza. I didn't even like pizza that much. Not sure about German pizza. Has it got sausage on it? No, not not. I don't know why the German name. There's no real German. I don't no, know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm aware there. Is oh. that too local? <laughs> no, no, that's your that's your hometown. Well, you you know you started. Yeah, there. if you're in Northgate yeah. and you want Beautiful. pizza, well, go there. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, on Generation Bar. Thank you very much for having me. I mean, you can end with a joke or we can... <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks so much for coming in and having a chat. And thanks. Uh, I've got a joke. The bloke <laughs> went into the bar and ordered two pots. Yep. And he said, I'll have two pots, please, donkey. And then he took the pots and went away. And the other bloke said, why does he call you donkey? He said, he, all, he, all, he always calls me that. I got another... <laughs> There's always a place for dad humour or dad humour. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> this is at the end, you can cut that bit out. That's, no, 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 I'll keep that in. But yeah, thank, thanks and see you soon. Oh, great, thank you. Love to see you.